Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Great to be hanging out with y'all again, Akuo. If you have hung out with us at all this year, you know the word that God spoke to us to live out this year is ready. So we're doing that. We are doing our best to be ready for what God is showing us to walk through. And all of this ready talk has led us to the current sermon series that we are in right now, which is called Healer. And so as you know, if you spent some time with us over the last few weeks, we, in this series, we're taking a look at the miraculous healings that Jesus performed as recorded by his friend and disciple Matthew. Now, while studying these accounts, we've also been able to take a look at how Jesus has healed us in our lives and how he continues to work on us today. Now, during this series, we've been talking a lot about the idea of authority. And when we think of that idea of authority as a culture, we probably get pictures of strong, angry leaders pointing their finger at the little guys, telling them what to do. Others may think of like police or military officers when they think of authority. And some of us might think of a person that's, you know, like oppressing another person. Really, in all of these examples, there is a line that runs through them all. The idea of power a power that the authority possesses uh, that gives them the ability to do whatever they want. And sometimes this power doesn't even have to be that much power for someone in authority to fully leverage it. Like it doesn't have to be a political leader or a military officer. Like for instance, let me just ask you a question. How many of you have had a bad boss? I mean, I'm sure we've all had that one boss that like took this little bit of power and authority that they were given by the faceless corporation you worked for, and then they squeezed everything they could out of it. Like, you're not the manager of my life, bro. Go Leave me alone. I don't have to listen to you outside of this. And y'all, I've seen tiny amounts of power and authority get used. I mean, over the last few years being assistant coach for my kids' little league teams, I mean, I've seen some coaches walk around like they thought they were winning a World Series or something like that. And it's like, come on, bro, these kids aren't even 10 years old yet. How are you gonna yell at the umpires about being wrong, about somebody being out at first base? Like, chill. And there's a saying that I think about a lot when it comes to this, and it comes from Abraham Lincoln's biographer, Robert Greene Ingersoll. This is what he wrote. Nothing discloses real character like the use of power. If you wish to know what a man really is. So we could say that whenever someone gets power, it doesn't necessarily corrupt who they are as much as it reveals who they are. All the insecurities and the baggage and the shortcomings that someone carries is front and center when they get power. Which is probably why when we think of the idea of an authority figure with power, we think negatively. But what if there was a person that had power that didn't use it to oppress? What if what was revealed about their character was amazing? What if they showed love and generosity and grace? How would we view authority and power then? What would it look like when two leaders, one from opposite sides of the spectrum, how would they interact with one another? Well, we're going to take a look into this idea today. We're going to be reading through the start of the disciple Matthew's account of Jesus' life in chapter 9. 
Last week, we saw Jesus healing people and dealing with demons. And as he did that, the crowds grew. And Jesus was like, we got to keep this moving, all right? We got to keep going down the road. So let's see what happens next. Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, be encouraged, my child. Your sins are forgiven. So Jesus and the bros jump on a boat and head back home. And when they get there, they are greeted with a man and his friends. Real quick, the scene is also recorded by Jesus' friends and disciples, Matthew and Luke. And when they recount this scene, they have the friends of this man lowering him from a roof of a house that Jesus is in. So it's not just that they carried this man on a mat and laid him before Jesus. No, they had to get him to the house, climb on top of a roof with their friend, get him on the roof, then all climb on the roof, and then figure out how they would like pulley system him down safely uh, in front of Jesus, and then like land it right in front of Jesus, right? So this is so much more involved. These friends work their tails off to make sure this one dude got to Jesus. And in this scene, Matthew records that Jesus sees their faith. Reminder, this encounter with Jesus doesn't happen because of the amount of faith they have. This is not about their power or their authority. The power and authority that is going to get shown off is only coming from Jesus. However, the friends knew enough to get to Jesus. It's not about the amount of faith, but where the faith is placed. Now, once the man is placed before Jesus, the crowd probably expected him to mention something about healing, or maybe Jesus would place a hand on the paralyzed man and his hand would start glowing and the man would stand up and like do a cartwheel out the door. But that doesn't happen. Instead, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. Now, with Jesus saying this, we can imply that the reason for this is that this guy is laying on the ground and unable to move. It's because of the sins he was involved in. Which, really quick, have you ever been into something so deep, the wrong thing so deep, uh, and you're just doing it all the time that you're absolutely paralyzed by it? Like you're so messed up because you keep on doing something that you know isn't the right thing, and it just makes you feel like you can't move out of it. This is the thing that this paralyzed man is dealing with. For us, it's more than likely like a metaphorical lack of movement, but for this guy, it's literal. He is involved in so much sin that he can't move at all. And for this man and for us, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way out. Now this guy, he's messed up, right? He is paralyzed because of so much sin, which would also make him spiritually unclean. So normally, the religious leaders in the Jewish community wouldn't have anything to do with him, and they would look their noses down at him. But when you see Jesus deal with the man, he meets him with love and grace. And you see that when the way Jesus addresses him, he says, be encouraged, my child. Which is like saying, he walks up and goes, it's going to be okay, mijo. That is not how other people would treat this man. So the first thing Jesus meets him with is love. Then the man gets hit with grace. Bam, your sins are forgiven. And this is totally countercultural to how this man would have been treated during this time, maybe even during our time. So what did the leaders, the teachers and leaders of the religious law think of this incredible display of grace? Well, let's take a look at what Matthew recorded. 
But some of the teachers of the religious law said to themselves, that's blasphemy. Does he think he's God? Okay, so here we see what people in power are doing. The people with authority, what they are saying about Jesus. They aren't happy to say the least. The reason for this is that they think they know what is necessary for someone to forgive sins. They are very well versed in the procedures of the sin offering that needs to get done to have God forgive someone's sins. It's actually laid out pretty well in the Jewish scripture, which we would call the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus in chapter 4. In this chapter, they are given instructions on how a priest would go about making an offering to God to get God to forgive sins. And it can be done in a few different ways. There's one way where it's uh, to forgive the sin of a priest. Uh, another way is for the entire community as a whole or other leaders. And there's just like for regular individuals. And then in chapter 5, there's a breakdown of what sins require a sin offering. Suffice to say, the teachers of the religious law felt like they had a good idea of how sins were forgiven. So when they hear Jesus forgive sins all on his own, without any sort of stuff happening, just by his authority, only using his power. Well, the teachers of the, of the religious law, they had a meltdown. Because from everything they knew, the only one that was able to forgive sin was God. In addition to that, they had like a million hoops to jump, in a long, to jump through in a long ceremony to even ask God for those sins to be forgiven. And now there's this dude named Jesus that is forgiving sins in the easiest way possible, and he's doing it with the person that is so messed up, so unclean that he's paralyzed, and Jesus is being nice to him? He's not making him feel guilty or making him go buy a goat to slaughter or anything like that? Those teachers of the religious laws are, are probably thinking like, who does this Jesus guy think he is? Who gave him the power and the authority to forgive sins? These guys, the, the leaders and the teachers of religious law, they were used to being the only ones with access to spiritual power. They were the closest to it. They didn't possess it, but they were able to have a front row seat to it. And their entire lives revolved around this identity because they were, in, they were these holy men. They received a certain status, a certain power, a certain authority in their day-to-day -day lives. So when they see Jesus doing it like this, they may have felt like someone was cutting their power and authority out for under them. That's why they say Jesus is being blasphemous. But remember, they just, they only said it to themselves. They didn't call this out and make a scene. They weren't screaming it across the room. However, Jesus understands what is going on and answers their quiet questions. Let's see how Matthew recorded it. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you have such evil thoughts in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So Matthew says that Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked them a question. There's actually a good chance that Jesus used his God powers to listen in on what these guys were muttering to themselves. But remember, when it comes to power and authority, it doesn't necessarily corrupt, it exposes. And these bros had shown who they were to the nation of Israel time and again. So there is a chance that Jesus didn't have to use any powers. He already knew how they would react because they were so predictable. Either way, Jesus is calling their thoughts evil, not because they were thinking of killing Jesus. That would come later. The evil thought that they were thinking was that Jesus was not God. 
They were denying that Jesus had the actual authority of God, the authority to forgive sins. They were denying that Jesus was the Messiah, probably because they saw power and authority on display all the time with each other from the Romans. And from what they knew about power, it was something completely different. Because real power wouldn't bother itself with this poor sinner. It would go out and gather more power and more authority. They thought that the Messiah would be the one that freed Israel from the Romans. They never imagined that the Messiah would free them from sins for all of eternity. So Jesus knows this. Whether it's a supernatural ability or not, he knows what they are thinking. And then he asks the question, what is easier, to forgive sin or tell someone to walk? Really, what Jesus is asking is this. Is it easier to tame the physical world or the spiritual world? Is it harder to have authority over the physical or the spiritual? He asks this question, but he answers this one too. The teachers would say it was probably easier to heal someone. They would go with the physical world being easier because they know only God could forgive sins. But like I said, Jesus answers this himself before they can say anything. Jesus said, So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up and went home. Fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen, and they praised God for giving humans such authority. Y'all, Jesus is doing some amazing things here. He is owning these teachers in this conversation. Right here, Jesus says that he is going to prove that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins. Now, that might not seem like much, that phrase, Son of Man, because Jesus calls himself that multiple times throughout the New Testament. But during this time, for him to say that about himself, it's a huge deal. The reason is that the Son of Man was widely known as the Messiah in the Jewish Scripture. He was given that name by the prophet Daniel. Now, in addition to being able to hear from God and see incredible visions, Daniel was also a hero in the Jewish faith. So in the book of Daniel, in the Jewish scripture, he has a full-on vision that was recorded and was an important part of the Jewish faith. In that vision, Daniel sees the Son of Man. This is how Daniel explains that encounter. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one, God the Father, and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. So this is the son of man. This is who Jesus is telling them he is. By saying that the Son of Man has the authority to forgive sins, and then forgiving those sins, Jesus is like, I'm that dude, it's me. Jesus asks the question, what's easier for the Son of Man? What is easier for the Messiah, is what he's asking. To forgive sins or heal? And then Jesus goes, y'all, it's a tie. I can do both of them pretty easily. I have the authority for both of these things. And for people that dealt with their authority and power in a way that regularly diminished others, this was an awful thing to happen to these teachers because they were always the smartest person in the room. They were always the most holy in the room. 
They were always the most powerful people in their nation, and they just messed around and found out. They learned what real authority looked like. They're learning what real power looks like. It looks like Jesus. Someone that had full authority over the physical world and the spiritual world. And this is such an important part of the life of Jesus. The miracle of forgiving sins is one of the most important signs that he is the Messiah. It shows that he has the power to forgive sins on earth, just like God does in heaven. This miracle also proves that Jesus is the fulfillment of some of the most important prophecies of the Messiah that you would find in the Jewish scripture. These prophecies say that the Messiah will have power over the spiritual world, the supernatural world, and Jesus showed he could do it all. Then after, the people in the crowd watching, well, they react. At first, they're, they're fearful, but they end up praising God for what he is doing in humans. They didn't fully accept Jesus as the Messiah at this moment. They just thank God for giving a man powers to forgive sin. They didn't recognize Jesus as a son of man, which is amazing to me. I'm like, these people, they saw Jesus claim to be the Messiah, then forgive sins, heal a dude, but they're like, mm, I don't know. I mean, what more could they ask for? Sometimes I'll read through things like this in the Bible and I'll be like, Israel, y'all are dumb, man. What are you doing? He was right in front of you. He performed a literal miracle before your eyes. How in the world is that not enough? I'll be like, I know if Jesus did that for me, I'd accept it immediately. But this is normally the moment that conviction settles in with me. Because in my life, as your pastor, there are times I forget the power and authority that Jesus has over this world. I'll find myself in the middle of, of sadness or frustration, and I'll look to my own power, my own authority, to try and get myself out of the situation. And let me tell you, spoiler alert, it never works. And you know what always points me back to God? What always gets me back to Jesus during these times of frustration? My community, my wife, my friends, my coworkers, you, the Akuo community. That makes me circle back to the start, the way we started this thing. The start of this entire situation with Jesus is a group of friends, a small community that decided they had to help out their friend. They saw his knees, needs. They knew that he couldn't move. So they all picked him up. They all carried him to that roof. They all lowered him down and they all worked to get him to Jesus because they knew that Jesus had the power and authority to make him better. So for all of us, for you, you gotta know two things when you find yourself in community with people and you see that they're struggling. The first thing is that they're weighed down by sin and brokenness, that it's up to you to get them to Jesus because Jesus can fix it. I mean, notice in this story, this guy's friends, they picked him up and got him to Jesus. They showed him love and grace. They didn't yell at the paralyzed guy. They weren't like, just get up and walk. You know what you're supposed to do? Or you, if you hadn't sinned so much, maybe you wouldn't be in this situation to begin with. No. 
They worked hard and they helped out their friend. Y'all, this is so important because when we believe in Jesus, we are given the Holy Spirit to walk around with. We are given the power and the authority of heaven living within us. So how is that power and authority revealing who you really are? Are you going to be one of the Jewish teachers? Are you going to go and put people down like we saw in the story today? Or are you going to use your power and authority that's been given to you through the Holy Spirit that is living within you? Are you going to use it like Jesus does? Are you going to help the ones that aren't doing the right stuff? Are you going to reach out to the people that are broken, even when it's their fault? Even when they're the ones that are sinners and that's why they're in this situation to begin with. What we all have to do is realize that our faith, the way that we use the power and authority God has given us, it has an impact upon the lives of others. And it's our responsibility to love people in that way. Now, on the other side, you might find yourself broken, full of sin, paralyzed, and you feel like you are too far away from Jesus. If you're in that situation, first off, you're never too far. But second, I guarantee you, there is a group of people around you that will carry you to him. And if you feel like you don't have that, become a part of our community. Join one of our community groups. I guarantee you that this will be one of the best things you ever do with your life. Because there will be, there will be people there that will help you. They will pick you up and they will walk you to Jesus. And when you get there, he can forgive your sins. He can fix you, and He can give you the Holy Spirit to live with. Then He will guarantee you an eternity in heaven with Him. And to receive that relationship and leadership from Jesus, all you need to do is simply believe. It's not about behavior or holiness, just simply believing. So if you want to declare or redeclare that belief today, I can help you do that. You just have to have a conversation between you and Jesus that we would call prayer. Now, to help you out during this time, I'm going to ask all of the Akuo community to pray along with you right now because here at Akuo Church, no one ever has to pray alone. You all always have a community pray along, praying along with you. You have a community that will help pick you up and take you to Jesus. So if you want to declare your faith in Jesus today, just say something like this, just between you and him. Just say, Jesus, I believe. I believe in you and what you did here on this earth. Today, the best way I know how, I give you my life. Amen. Now what I want to do is give us a moment to listen. We're a Kuo church. A Kuo means to listen, so we want to listen to God. I want you to have some time to get what God is saying in your life. So let's make ourselves available to him right now. Just right now, imagine that Jesus is sitting in front of you and ask him a question, and then we're going to wait for the answer. Now, if you don't get anything, if you don't hear anything, it's okay. Just keep going back. You might get an inkling or a picture or an understanding of what's right. So I just want you to keep doing that. Okay, so for our listening moment today, I want you to ask Jesus this question. Just imagine you're looking at him and say, Jesus, who are the people in my life that can carry me to you? We'll take a few minutes to ask and listen and then I'll come back to finish in prayer.
Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the way that you continue to speak to us. Jesus, we ask that you would continue to show up for us in our lives. Jesus, we ask that you would please send us the right people to carry us to you. Jesus, show us the right people that we need to carry to you. Jesus, will you please show us the community that we need to join? Will you please show us the community that we are already a part of? Jesus, thank you for the way you are going to move in our lives. We love you. And we pray all of these things in your name. Your wonderful and awesome and beautiful name. Amen. All right, now before we go, let me share a few things that we have going on around the Akuo community. The first thing I want to talk about is our community groups kicking off next week. Y'all, we really want you to be a part of these groups, as I talked about just a few minutes ago, because this is a place where you can really cultivate a group of people around you to help you in your life when things get hard, and also a group of people that will cheer you on when things are good. And these people will be Christ-centered. They will love you in the best way they possibly can. And it's because of this, like I always say, joining a group and being a part of a community that will walk with you through your life could be one of the best things that you do with your life, especially while you're here at Akuo. So if you want to scan the QR code on your screen right now, you can do that. You can see all the groups that'll be meeting, uh, that'll start meeting here soon, or you can go to akuo.church slash community and take a look at all the different groups that are there. Now, the other thing I want to talk about here today is how we are generous here to Kuo. Now, part of the nature of Jesus was to be generous, and I want you to know that here to Kuo, as individuals and as an organization, we practice that. We're regularly trying to find out ways for us to give away money to people that need it. I am regularly doing my best to give time and resources to people that need it. Now, I want you to know that when you are generous to Akuo, you're not generous to Akuo, but you're really being generous to your community through Akuo. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, maybe you haven't heard from God exactly how much you should be giving or, or what you should be giving in your generosity. One of the many ways that you can express that generosity is through the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering in the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be the place that you start until you figure it out. Now, the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now, and I understand that. Things might be really tough for you and your family. If that's you, it's okay. If things are tough for you right now, please allow us to help you out because we want to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. And when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. Then we also have our text to give option for that. All you have to do is text akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to Akuo at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, y'all, that's all that I have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate every single one of you. 
and me and the rest of the Akuo team will be praying for you now, and we will continue to pray for you throughout the rest of the week. But before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. Jesus, I just ask that uh, as these people turn off their phones and put away their their laptops or tablets and, and turn off their TVs, get out of their car, I pray that you would be with them, Lord. I pray that you would be speaking to them, and I pray that they would hear you. Jesus, I pray that they'd be able to see the people around them that would pick them up if they were paralyzed. And I pray that they would see the people around them that they are willing to pick up if they became paralyzed. And I pray that you would be able to put them in a real community where they can all chase after you. Jesus, we thank you for everything and we love you. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.